Hey, welcome to the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast, where theology and youth ministry meet. You can learn more about Youth Pastor Theologian online at youthpastortheologian.com or find us on social media at Youth Theologian. I'm your host, Mike McGarry. Thanks for joining us for this conversation about practicing theology and youth ministry. Welcome to another episode of the Youth Pastor Theologian Podcast, where theology and youth ministry meet. I'm here with my friend and mentor, Walt Mueller. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Hey, thanks, Mike. And I want to say something. You know, where you talk about where theology and youth ministry meet, you know, that happens all the time. Everything we do in youth ministry, theology meets. But what I appreciate about what you're doing is you're getting us to think you're getting us to think theologically and yeah. and think deliberately about theology rather than just letting it happen haphazardly because that just undermines everything we do. So yeah. I know you didn't pay me to say that. I did not. No, and at, I at first I was thinking, oh no, he's no no. I, guess I, I have to were. come up with I a new tagline. <laughs> I figured as soon as I started to interrupt and say it, it was going to get you all worked up. So that was part of my fun there. But there no, seriously. You know, I, I have talked to people in youth ministry who say, I just don't have time for theology. I've talked to leaders yeah. in the youth ministry world who yeah. say, I don't have time for theology. And and my I scratch my head. I'm going, are you kidding me? You're doing theology. Yep. Just, th- you know, think about it. Do it right. Yeah. yeah so just do, just, and, and, and do it intentionally, right? Let's, yeah, let's exactly. Intentionally and that's, theological. Yeah. So I'm, pa- yeah. I'm patting you on the back. All right. I will receive yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to, to, I appreciate your, uh, your encouragement and affirmation. Um, so Walt is the, the founder and, uh, president, director, Grand Poobah. I, I don't remember your title per se of, uh, of the center for parent youth understanding. And, um, Walt, I, I just so appreciate you and I'm glad to have you on the show again. Thanks. Mike. Uh, so in, the, in this episode, we're going to be talking about partnering with parents as, um, that's a, a major emphasis in in your writings and in your ministry, and uh, that's something that I've really benefited from your influence as well. Uh, before we dive into that, I have a fun question for you here, uh, just to help us get to know you a little bit better. And so the question is, when you were a teenager, what sort of things were you into? Were you into sports or clubs or theater? Um, I, I know that you were a big tap dancer. Um, but were there other Theater. things in your high school years that, that we could know about you? I was in that. I was in that. I was not into dancing. I'm still <laughs> not into dancing. I, you know, when my daughters got married, I'm just going to tell you this. That was my, like, we paid money for their weddings. That was the least of my worries. Should have been the biggest, but it was like, I have to do that father daughter dance. I mean, it was, I still am like, everybody's going to look at me, but yeah, so no, it wasn't that, but um, you know, uh, that's a good question. I'll tell you what I was into. I in school, um, you know, a lot of it was the after the sports. So you know, I played football, I played baseball. Um, I also did. People find this interesting. <laughs> My dad was um, a he was a great athlete, and he was a really good shot putter. Oh, and I actually I have, I have a, yeah. I have a picture of him. Yeah. Um, 
at Franklin Field in Philly, where the pen relays take place, I have a picture oh, cool. of him on the medal stand when he was in high school receiving the bronze medal in the shot put oh, for the wow. high school division, which was pretty neat, you know. So yeah. it's great, this smile on his face. It's just yeah. black and white. I actually have it in my room where, you know, he, he died a couple of years ago. And so it's just a great memory. And yeah. so I, I did that. And um, the, did you do that? Did you just say I did? did yeah, I threw a shot put in high school. Yeah, so and we, were, we were like that. For a couple of years, I actually uh, coached shot put at, at the local public school. Okay, uh, as part of my youth ministry to to reach out to unchurched kids. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. so we shot, were on shot that. putters unite, right? And we and it was called the weight team. Do you remember that? Yep. Like yep. it was go like they were the runners. Yeah. Gee, thanks a lot. Yeah, and that's a skill you can really use. <laughs> but when you think about everything we did in the weight team, like what what good is shot put? I mean, basically, what you're doing is you're you're throwing a cannonball. And mm -hmm. like if you if you need to if you're going to be helpful to anybody in a defensive position, you're going to have to run, you know, 50, 60 feet away from the wall to heave that thing over. So you're you're dead. Just go in there. But I also threw the javelin, which was like, I I, yeah. I will say this, you know, we. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. And yeah. and I will tell you that when they would let the weight team go off to the the side of the athletic fields at my high school, yep. it was bordered by woods. Yep. And um, there was a bit of squirrel hunting that went on in <laughs> those woods during our high school years. So yeah, that's what I was into. And then I will say my youth group, you know, my social circle, just because that's one reason why I do what I do now. You know, I grew up in a Christian family. My dad was a pastor. I had great youth pastors over the course of my high school years. Um, and and youth group was the center of my of my social life. It was just awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'll say this. So the time in life when shot putting has come in to benefit me the most is when I'm doing work projects um, for missions trips or, or just at home or whatever. And stuff needs to get thrown into the dumpster. Oh, and yeah. It's one of the one of those high dumpsters. Yeah, I'm, I'm great at you know, loading the, the bricks and concrete up over the top into that dumpster, man. I just bust out my shot put skills and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If that's, yeah, the, it's if not, that's well, the most it gets me then, you know, yeah, so there's, there there's a go. good redeeming quality yeah, to it. There's I, something. I, yeah. I, well, it's yeah. like, I think back to high school and I wonder just about like math. I didn't do well in, <laughs> it was just a, like, I would, I still have nightmares about math at 65 years old math class that I'm not going to pass. And, uh, those, those dreams actually came true my senior year, but, um, you know, I, I still think like, what I would ask you, when am I going to use trigonometry? And my, my brother-in-law was a helicopter pilot in Vietnam. He once told me when I was lamenting math, he goes, well, the only time you'll use trigonometry is when you have to determine like missile trajectories when you're on the battlefield. So, well, all the ma now that all the math people have stopped listening to this episode. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. The math people. We love math people. The, we need uh, math people. Wait, we do love math people. I do. I highly respect math people because they're so much smarter than I am. It's um, true. And, and wow. I'm sure many of them don't do youth ministry. But, you know, yep. they're, they're just keeping the world together for us. Yep, it's true. Hey, well, so as we transition to talking about partnering with parents, uh, could you tell us a little bit about the story about how CPYU came about uh, as an effort to, to partner with parents in your own youth ministry? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, that's re- really, it grew out of partnering with parents because parents said to us, hey, can you help us understand our kids? And, and they understood that, that, rightly so, that they were the ones primarily responsible for the spiritual nurture of their kids. We were coming alongside them, and it wasn't just meeting with their kids and spending time with their kids and taking their kids on mission trips and retreats and working to disciple their kids. It was really about helping parents uh, become more effective cross-cultural missionaries. And so just as we, you know, me as a youth pastor and, and, and my volunteer team, just as we had to know what was going on in the lives and the world of our kids to effectively uh, cross cultures and bring the gospel to bear on the, on those realities in their world, uh, parents have to do the same thing. And, and you know, parents, youth workers need to realize, mo- most youth workers are much more in tune with a youth culture than parents would be. But part of the reason for that is most youth workers are younger yeah. than parents. And, and the other thing is we spend a lot more time uh, with kids sort of in their quote unquote natural habitat and with groups of kids. So we get to see and hear things that maybe parents don't. And for that reason, uh, that's, that's why they asked. And so we answered that and that grew into a calling to do this full time. We've been doing it for 33 years, providing, what we hope is up-to-date information and analysis on what's happening, uh, resources to, to reach kids and disciple them uh, based on the challenges that they face in today's yeah. world. So, yeah. and especially at the level of worldviews, obviously. Right. Yeah. So if most youth pastors, uh, certainly not all, uh, but if many youth pastors are younger, uh, maybe they're not married, maybe they don't have kids, uh, maybe their kids are young. Um, how can younger youth pastors effectively partner with parents and support parents uh, appropriately without, yeah. you know, presuming that, you know, here's how to raise your teenager? Yeah. Um, yeah. What kind yeah, of that's a good question. encouragement do you have there? Yeah. And, uh, you know, look, I've, I've been around long enough to be able to look back on my own mistakes, uh, most of them rooted in a lack of humility and an overabundance of pride and uh, misplaced confidence. Uh, And I've also been around long enough to spend a lot of time with younger youth workers uh, to see what they do. So I I, I think there's two mistakes that younger youth workers make when it comes to working with parents. One would be, uh, I hear a lot of youth workers go, I have nothing to say to parents. I'm not a parent. Um, There's nothing I can do to assist them. Um, You know, and just kind of selling yourself short when in fact there are things you can do. The other side, and we'll get to that, but the other side is perhaps what I see more often than that first one, but that, that's an overconfidence like, you parents are clueless, you know nothing about kids, you know nothing about raising kids, yeah. and I'm going to do this for you. And let me just say, the antidote to that is having children of your own. And, <laughs> and that, no, really, it is, and yeah. it'll, that'll straighten you out really quickly because, you know, the best, the greatest parenting experts in the world are people who don't have kids. Mm -hmm. And so I know, like now, I just had a conversation with someone at my church yesterday about they want me to get involved with helping teach a parenting class in the fall. And I said, look, if I come into this, I'm a fellow struggler. I'm not an expert. None of us are experts on this. Mm -hmm. And so I think I think that. So I think, you know, I think what youth workers need to do is first and foremost, see themselves as a secondary influence. So what that means is I don't want to do anything that will undermine the authority of parents 
or work to take their place. Now, granted, and I know you and I have talked about this before, there are kids who don't come from Christian homes. There is no positive Christian spiritual nurture, so we become surrogate parents. But I will say, and we did this in our ministry outside of Philly. We were very active in this. We wanted parents to be there regularly and to participate with their kids, not just to you know drive buses or you know make meals or things like that, yeah. but that actually engage in. And we, because we did that, there were a lot of kids who sixty percent of our group was unchurched or from another church, and so it was interesting to see there was a bit of sort of positive peer pressure that existed because everyone else's parents were coming. I want my mom and dad there. And mm-hmm. so our, our ministry to students actually became an evangelistic outreach to unchurched parents. And many of them came to faith and became a part of the church, you know, made a profession of faith and started following Christ, which was a beautiful thing. Um, so, so I think that's one thing. The, the other thing is you and any youth worker should do this. You may not be a parent. You may be young. Um, funnel every possible resource that would be helpful to parents to them that you can. And you will wind up, I like to use the word hero, um, because I think you'll become a hero to parents if you do that. They know that you're on their team. And just giving them information on what's going on. We've talked before, Mike, about our little one-minute daily Youth Culture Today podcast. Mm-hmm. Get that yeah. in their hands. Tell them to subscribe yeah. to it. What's, just one what's the name of that podcast? Youth Culture Today. And you can get it anywhere you get your podcast, and parents can subscribe. And yep. it's just one minute, five days a week on weekdays. And, you know, just it gives parents knowledge. It gives them encouragement. It gives them hope. Um it sometimes rattles them because of the things that we talk about on there, but it's realistic, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you can, and the other thing is, you know, you might not be able to tell parents how to parent, but you can always get a parenting class started where parents run this thing or somebody else comes in who's older and runs it and you discuss a good parenting book. And there are many of them out there, you know, that we would, that we would recommend. So just anything you can do, to help them do their job. Um, and, and I would also, I'll, I'll give you one more. And, and it's just, you see great things their kids are doing, or you see things that they don't always see. And it just give them a phone call or send them a text message. Or I'll tell you, in today's world, a handwritten note, and just say, yes. you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I got to tell you something. Uh, we were on the mission trip and I saw you know, I saw Billy do this and man, it was awesome. I just want to let you know, Mm -hmm. because, you know, look, I'm a dad. And I just remember when people would say that to me, my first question would be, okay, are we talking about my kids? Yeah. Let's, let's get that right. 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 But, but, you know, it's so helpful. So encouraging. Yeah. I I just had a conversation this past Sunday after youth group with a, um, a parent who was picking up their kid and uh, their, their kid had struggled um, in, in different, you know, areas uh, in youth group in years past and everything. And um, I have seen so much growth in, in this student over the course of the school year. And other youth workers um, on my team have, have said the same thing, like, wow, like he has grown and matured so much this year. And so I was able to just to, to encourage this parent um, and uh, tears, right, tears. Because every parent is afraid that they're just messing their kid up. 
Um, and as as a 17-year-long a youth pastor who is now youth pastor dad, um, my, my 14-year-old son is in youth group. My 11-year-old daughter is preparing to enter youth group next year. Um, I mean, even as a youth pastor, you do. You, you just feel like, man, everyone has stories about ways that their parents gave them trauma and issues. And I just am terrified to find out 20 years from now from my kids um, what I've done or said, the offhanded comment that has messed them up. And, and we so all whatever have that. affirmation and encouragement you can yeah. offer, really, you might think uh, it's not a big deal, but to those parents, it, it really is significant. Well, and, and let me say, let me tell you a story because this one, this one hits home because it's my family, but it's not my kid. All right, so all right, because uh, my 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 children are now all grown, and I've got six grandchildren, so. I've got these eight-year-old twin grandchildren that are just hilarious, a boy and a girl, Nolan and Lucy, full of energy. Just, Nolan is just, uh, and and he has a great heart. He has type 1 diabetes. He was diagnosed two years ago. And so that's created some huge, huge challenges. So my daughter tells me, I got to tell you, she calls me, she says, I need to tell you about Nolan. She said, our children's ministry pastor called from the church. And as soon as I saw who it was and the, the children's ministry worker uh, says to her, Caitlin, I need to talk to you about Nolan. You know what happened, right? Her heart just sank. Like, what yeah. did he do? And we always think the worst. I don't know why we default we to that, we but totally we always do. I'll tell you, I'll I'm tell in you trouble. why we, yeah, I, and I'll tell you why we always default to that. Cause we know ourselves, we know our insides, right? So, mm -hmm. so we kind of filter everybody else through that. Well, anyway, She's, she proceeds to tell Caitlin, she said, the other day we had that event at the church and all of the kids were out at the playground playing, running around. And of course, now her heart's sinking even deeper. And she says, I want to tell you that Nolan came in and he came over to me and he said, is there anything I can help you with in here? And I mean, it just melts your heart when you hear that because it's so mm -hmm. encouraging, you know. And then yeah. as a mom and a dad, I now have something that I can go to that's positive and affirm yeah. that child. I mean, it makes your it, it, parents need to hear that. Yes. They need to positive hear positive reinforcement. It's exactly. Yeah. Just uh, encourage I, them. Yeah. Catch, I, I try to put it with my youth workers to catch kids doing something right. Yeah. And affirm that instead of only giving negative attention. Yeah. Um, yeah, I tried to be really intentional about that in, in my church here when I started a couple years ago. Of, um, we had some problems <laughs> with some of our middle school boys being uh, kind of disrespectful to one of the Sunday school teachers and this and that. And so we had some honest conversations about the challenges there. And, you know, that's stuff, conversations that you also need to have. Oh, yeah. Because parents want to know when their kid is being a turd. You know, like they yeah. know their kid and they know their kid can be disrespectful. And if you never talk to them about that, then you're actually losing trust with them because they know that you're lying and yeah. you know they know you're not telling them the full truth. But I also wanted to be intentional to call these parents and tell them when class went well and when the teacher, you know, saw changes in students behaviors um, and just to clearly communicate to parents, you're not only going to hear from me when there's something wrong. 
Yeah, you know, hey, Mike, I don't know if you're aware of this, and I, and you may do this. I know a lot of youth workers do this. I never did this when, when I was in a local church before we got started with CPYU, but our mutual friend Kyle Hoffsmith, mm, who's out Kyle. at uh, Old North Church in Canfield, yeah. Ohio, you know, I, I talk to Kyle a lot because he does a lot with us, and, and there are times where, you know, he'll say, look, I can't talk today. I've got face-to-face with parents, and yeah. he does in his ministry, and I just think this is great. He does these, it's like a parent-teacher conference, Yeah, but he does that with his parents, and, you know, you, you could ask him about what to do there, but I know some of the things, you know, to have parents come in and just say, okay, this is expected. I'm not just calling you when there's a problem. Yeah. But I want you to come in. I, I, I want to tell you what we're doing in our program face to face. I want to give you some encouragement about your son and your daughter. I want to hear from you what are some concerns you may have about your son or daughter and about our ministry here. And I'm going to listen to that. And then I, I want to know specifically from you how co- I can come alongside you and assist you. And yeah. you don't, you can be 21 years old in a youth ministry, not married, no kids, and any youth worker can do that. It's just a great way to partner with parents. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. And yet one more way that I will never be as good of a youth pastor as Kyle Hosmith. So, <laughs> <laughs> if only I was kidding. Oh, um, Kyle. So, yeah. you know, I think that humility, I mean, it, it really is just an act of humility. So, um, I know you 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 joked earlier. You know the best way to you know partner with parents is to have your have a kid, right? Yeah. And it's like you know not every youth pastor is, is married or is going to be married, or uh, many struggle with infertility, and uh, so that's not always a you know doable. Really, the point of that is is humility. You know, do yeah. we recognize that you know parenting is really hard? Um, yeah. And so I guess my my question. Um, I, I got two more questions before uh, I think our time will be up. Um, as youth workers, our hearts go out to students, right? So when there's a conflict at home, whose side do we tend to take? Um, you know, how can, how can, how have you seen youth workers effectively bridge uh, conflict between students and their parents without taking the student's side because which is I think what we're more prone towards yeah and also without just taking the parent's side and teaming up against the kid but how can how can youth workers be really good and healthy mediators yeah in those conflicts without taking sides yeah well man that's a good question um that's a good one Mike and I'm going to say, you know, obviously every situation is different, right? Because you've got different personalities. Um, every every mix of personalities is different. So I, I would the first thing I would say is you really need to know the situation. And as with all things in life, there's two sides to every story, right? Yeah. And if if someone, I'm just going to say this. I think if someone is going to misread the situation and maybe lean into doing the wrong thing or seeing it uh, as it not as it really isn't. I would tend to think, generally speaking, not a hard and fast rule, that it's going to be the young person, right? Uh, just because of where they're at developmentally. And that's not to diminish the value of a young person or our trust for them. But I would just keep that in the back of my mind or in the front of my mind so that I don't automatically 
either leave the impression or state directly, your parents are messed up. Um, and, and I think that, you know, over time, the longer you do youth ministry, the more you tune into these things and, you know, and start to understand it. So I think some of the ground, I mean, that's the first thing. I also think that before these things arise, this is a great reason why we should be getting to know parents. Yeah. You know, so that if something like this comes up, I now have the freedom to go to them and, and, or, or it, more freedom than I, than I yeah. might not have, you know, yeah, if I don't you have know trust them. built up. Right. And this is where I think in yeah. some of those one to ones, or if you're just doing a parent meeting, mm-hmm. you're going to say to them right out of the gate, say to all the parents right out of the gate, look, I am here to assist you. And I think one of the important things is, that um, I, I I don't want you to believe everything you hear about me from your kids. And if there's something that concerns you, come and ask me. And I'm going to promise you right back that I'm not going to believe everything I hear from your kids about you. Yeah. And if there's something that concerns me, would you give me permission to come and, and ask you about that and talk to you about it? I know it might not be comfortable and it might not be easy, but can we do that? Mm-hmm. So at least we've set the table to know there's a phone line, right? There's yep. a line of communication rather than having to establish that and then going and, and, and having that. And I think, yeah, I think too, you know, uh, first thing is, is work within your skill set to try to assess the, the situation through asking questions of both sides. And if it gets, sometimes it's just a misunderstanding that parents can clarify or, or step in and, you know, Hey, this is not, yeah. What you're telling what you're telling Mike is not what's really happening at home, yeah. right? And so the the other side of that is that if it if it is serious and it gets beyond your skill set, this is where I think a, a youth worker needs to do two things. One is they need to go to their superiors in the church, yeah, and tell them what the situation is and get advice on how to handle it. And sometimes it's just telling them what the situation is that'll safeguard you if someone wants to come alongside you and accuse you of mishandling the situation. No, I went to my superior. Right. Yeah. And then secondarily, um, in a lot of these situations, look, we live in a world where counseling is needed. And this is where I think, uh, to work with your leadership in your church, to find qualified and experienced Christian counseling, that's trustworthy to help the family, Mm -hmm. the student and the family. If there's some issue that needs to be, you know, mediated yeah. or counseling's needed, you, you, you pass them on to those folks. So yeah, that would be my answer. I'm sure there's a yeah. lot more that people could say that's a lot wiser than that, but yeah, no, that's really helpful. Um, I, I do, I do just want to clarify too. I mean, if there are any accusations of uh, abuse or any mandated yes. reporting type of things, believe yes. kids and report. Um, so yes, that's you... not a, I'm going to give parents right. the benefit of the doubt and you know, exactly. No, 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 no. That you, and I'm glad you, you said that, that in ASAP. Yep. That you be- believe ca- believe the kid in cases of abuse yeah. and let the police sort that out. But yeah. other, you know, relational conflict and things like that. Uh, that's what that's Mike, what that mistake has here. been made yeah. so many times, not by uh, yeah. youth workers, but by entire church systems. Yes. And youth workers, you are a mandatory reporter. And, and I'm going to say this, if, if you're in a situation where you realize you're a mandatory reporter, 
and you go to your superiors and they say to you, we're going to handle this internally, you you go above and beyond that because they're yeah. mandatory reporters too. And that yeah. is just flat out wrong. And we've yeah. seen firsthand here how ugly those situations get when that happens. Mm-hmm. And those very quickly become the news stories that we don't ever want to be a part of. Yeah. And I've, uh, so I've I'm, unfortunately had to do that yeah. before. And yeah. I, I did report because I felt like this is worth getting fired over. Yeah, exactly. Um, and thankfully the situation um, resolved and, and was okay. Yeah. But uh, mandatory reporting stuff, um, that's worth getting fired over. Yes. Because yeah. that's part of your calling as a youth pastor to care for those students who are vulnerable. Yeah, I'm glad you brought so, that up. Yeah, well, thank you so much for your ministry, for your friendship. And um, how how can people reach out to you and um, benefit from the ministry of, yeah. of CPYU and their ministries? Well, obviously, the first thing is just go to cpyu.org. That's our homepage. We're, we're in the process now. Uh, you can look forward to this in the next few months. That's going to be totally redone and relaunched. Um, you know, this is the issue. We've been around so long. We've had to do redos over and over and over again, and we're due for redos. <laughs> and redos so of redos, yeah. We get that. And, you know, people need to understand our ministry is unique in that um, we are, like, if you think of us as having like 10 buckets worth of resources, I'll just throw that out there. Um, every day, because the culture is changing, because that's what we deal with, we've got to start refilling buckets. Yeah. And so it's like spinning plates here. So, um, be patient with us on that, but come to the website and there are hundreds, thousands of resources there that that are searchable and we're updating that all the time. And then, um, check it, check out our podcasts. Um, youth culture today, which we mentioned is just a one minute daily. You can subscribe to, we have a long form podcast, kind of like this one, Mike called youth culture matters. And, uh, that can be subscribed to. And then we do one called, uh, the word in youth ministry, which is for youth workers about teaching the Bible, which is right up the alley of what you're doing as well. So, um, it'd be a nice, nice little supplement to what you're doing through youth pastor theologians. So, um, anything we can do, we're here to serve, uh, serve youth workers. Yeah. Agreed. And I just want to give another plug. I know I've, I've asked you to do this before and you're like, I would love to. I would love to see a re a, an update to your book, The Space Between, um, yes. about deve- developmental psychology yes. for yeah. for parents. And I know it's a bit dated by now, but it is an excellent resource yeah. to put into parents' hands. It's a short little book uh, to help parents understand what is happening in their kid's body and psyche and emotions as they enter adolescence. Yeah, I would say everything in there is still true. We just have to add to it some of what we've learned. And part of the, you know, I'm not, I I know I want to do it, but part of the issue, and you know this, Mike, the publishing world. Publishing, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People think that the writer writer has control. That's not true. The writer does not have control, right? So, but we're going to work on that. Thanks. Yeah, that would, be, that would be great. It's a great resource. Well, Walt, thanks again for joining us for this episode. And listeners, thanks again for following along with Youth Pastor Theologian and with Center for Parent Youth Understanding. And uh, make sure you check both of those ministries out and share them with your friends. Well, thanks for joining us for this conversation. Please visit youthpastortheologian.com to learn more about our resources. You can find us on social media at Youth Theologian. We also have an active Facebook group where you can ask questions, share articles, and 
generally encourage fellow youth pastor theologians who are in the trenches with you. We'd sure appreciate it if you'd be so kind as to subscribe, leave a review, or even recommend this podcast to fellow youth workers. You can also subscribe to get new articles delivered to your inbox and to ensure that you don't miss any fresh content by checking out our website at youthpastortheologian.com. Most of all, we appreciate your ministry and your partnership in the gospel. If there's a topic that you'd like us to address or if you have an article to submit for the blog, then you can also share those on our website by following the submissions tab. In the meantime, keep your eyes on Jesus and we'll see you next week.